Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax and unwind tonight with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy work week flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Jerry Ferrara and Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Unleashed. Welcome to November. What a great month of football, of NBA, of World Series still to play that we have left. November is such a great month. Week nine of the NFL season, it's basically the midway point and things are starting to take shape. Contenders from pretenders. Who's real? Who isn't? Jerry Ferrara, you are real. And what do you think? I am real. Uh, the month of October was absolutely bananas. I can only imagine what November has in store for us now that basketball's in the mix. Uh, we got a good one today, Olivia. Okay. Our guest today Ooh. is a personal friend of mine. He's a massive sports fan as well. Him and I go back to fantasy leagues into the early 2000s. He's also an actor who you might know from the show New Girl. He's on The Neighborhood Now on CBS with Cedric the Entertainer. Great show. Mm. Other bunch of movies. I'll talk about Max Greenfield. I always say two things about Max. If acting and in sports are anything alike, him and I were of the same rookie class. <laughs> we, uh, we did a movie together back in like 20, 2001 that oh. sort of launched us for sure. And also... I've been thinking about this. You know, like when you fill out a form at a doctor's office or at a gym when they say your emergency contact, like you'd put Sam, I put Bree. We all have sports emergency contacts. Like who is that first person you call when some stuff happened? Max Greenfield, uh, arguably my, my number one sports contact emergency. Just for the Knicks? For the Knicks, for the Giants. We'll get into that with him because he, you know, he's similar to me. He grew up in New York, but a lot of time in L.A., so I think, he, it, I think he's New York like I, but he, I think it's a little more eclectic. And I think because you said it's you know, mid-season with football, Max also was a multiple Emmy nominee. He knows a thing about award shows. Maybe we do a little uh, mid-season NFL awards mm-hmm. with, uh, with Max. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot, especially with some injuries now. I feel like in the past week, that's going to affect some of those lines. So, oh, yeah, we got to look into that. What I didn't realize about Max, Jerry, is that he went to University of Wisconsin. That's so random. 
Yes, I don't know. Uh, I don't believe he was a four-year grad. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know about that. I forget, but <laughs> well, I think he neither did. Neither was Sam. Neither was right. my husband. Yeah. Uh, he failed year, after three. Yeah, I think he's like a year or two. Yes, Max okay. opted for the, the, uh, the Hollywood draft instead of the NBA draft and left college <laughs> early. I like it. I like it. Well, yeah, we'll talk some, like you said, NFL honors especially, but uh, we'll get into NFL headlines. But I, I'm just like bursting at the seams because – I think the best college football game is this weekend. It's number one versus number two, Tennessee traveling to UGA to take on my Bulldogs. Um, I am I am so excited for this one. Also, because, Jerry, I just found out, I think this week, that I'm going to be working the sidelines for the SEC championship. I've done it like four or five years. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah, being in London this year, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it to the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta. It is Oh my God. It's one of my favorite assignments. I do it for Westwood one radio. So yeah, I just found out I'm doing that. So now I'm extra tuned in because I want to know who's going to be representing the East. So yeah, a couple of things that this is, I feel like for you, this was all, you definitely must've done the, gosh, do I fly back home for this? Like, do I try <laughs> to get back to the States to watch this one in person now, especially since you're going to be doing, uh. you know, some reporting. I know it's hard though. You're all the way over there. Also, I'm going to take a little bit of a cheap shot. This game has to mean a lot to you, being that your NFL season's over. My NFL season is halfway over because that's why I have two teams. I got the Chiefs. True. Chiefs are cooking. True. Coming off you a You got bye. the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You're alive. But those Pack, I expected a lot more. I expected the Packers to put up a fight at uh. least. And it's just not there. The fight's not there. So, but anyway, that's a, this is a great game for you. I think you should bite your tongue on that a little bit. And we've probably given too much airtime to the Packers. I thought the Packers gave the Bills everything they had. They didn't have Alan Lazard. Maybe with the spread. (laughs) They they almost covered 10. I feel like it was a valiant effort. Bills, I mean, second half Bills weren't a Super Bowl winning looking team like we've been chalking them up to be. And and to be fair, I still think they are the best team in the NFL. I think they're better than the Eagles. I sometimes like them better than the Chiefs. But look, I mean, second half was a game. Sure. I I think at that point for Buffalo, it's like, all right, let's get out of here unscathed. Let's try to stay healthy. I do think they're at right now. The bills are better than the Eagles, but it's real close. Mm -hmm. I am going to say something crazy right now. Cause also like uh, I I went back to some of our earlier show notes in prepping for max. And I saw, I have it written in this notebook that you guys can't see at home. My Seahawks plus 1500 bet. Beautiful. (laughs) We'll get to that. But also I did predict the Texans will have one huge upset this year. They always do it. It's when, it's when you least expect it. What better option than a plus 500 underdog against mm. the Eagles at home on a Thursday night with Al Michaels doing the Amazon Prime game, like, get me <laughs> out of here. What bet? I, I, look, it's not going to happen, but you bet your life. I'm going to be betting some small money on the Houston Texans on the money line, and to cover the plus 13 versus the Eagles. You're taking Texans' money line? For sure. <laughs> First of all, how else are you going to watch that game, realistically? <laughs> What's the like, spread? How else are you going to watch that right game? Now? Is it out yet? Uh, yeah, I think they're all plus 500 on the money line, which is incredible. Yeah, Eagles are minus 700. Oh. That's going to be moving around a lot. And yeah, I think right now the Texans are plus 13. So I'm going to have a bunch of Texans bets, because how You're else? crazy. Would, well, how, I'm not, look, it's not going to be big. Lotto ticket stuff. How else are we going to watch this game, Olivia? How else? 
I mean, I don't know. Hey, they only lost by seven to Tennessee, and that's with Derrick Henry doing his thing. So I, I love that you've had confidence in some of these uh, lowly teams, and you are looking like the smartest guy in the room right now with your Seahawks bet. I'm, I'm, I've been cheering for the Seahawks for you. I wish I had like Venmo do some cash so you could have placed it after <laughs> me because I can't do it here in London. <laughs> Well, that's what I want to ask Max, too, and I'll ask you, or I could ask you guys together, though, but, like, it's going to start getting to the point where I could, like, cash in that ticket if I want for less. That's how good the bet is looking. I'm not a split pot guy. I don't hedge. I should. It's the smarter thing sometimes to do. But, uh, and this, yeah, this past weekend, it was tough watching Seahawks-Giants. It's, like, my two favorite teams of the year. So it really (laughs) was a no-lose situation for me. I hate that the Giants lost, but, uh, you know, Seahawks are rolling. They are. Yeah, this is this is very exciting. Top of the NFC West. I don't know. It's 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 really interesting with this young Seahawks team. And I heard uh, I think it was Colin Coward was talking about it. And it it really makes sense with Seattle is that Pete Carroll, all the success he had at the college level at USC, it shows because this is such a young team. They have this amazing rookie class and whatever it is, he gets through to younger guys with like less skin in the game. You know what I mean? Guys who aren't making these max contracts, guys who aren't, you know, so phased on the politics of the league or stuff. You know, it's it's a susceptible, vulnerable group of young NFL players who are still able to be molded by a guy who's as moving and excitable as Pete Carroll. And Pete Carroll is having so much fun on that sideline. Like it's it's a blast to watch his team talent up and down the roster, young talent on both sides of the ball, starters who are rookies. I, I just, I love watching your Seahawks. And if nothing else too, Tyler Lockett, who is probably one of the longest tenured vets there in that post game interview, another, I mean, Russell Wilson, just catching heat all over everywhere. He turns, mm-hmm. someone's taking shots, just saying like, it's amazing what you could do when No one cares who gets the credit. And that's what it seems like with this Seahawks team. And the other scary thing that's back, and it didn't really go anywhere, but it's officially back. You don't want to go into Seattle to play. That is by far, I think that is it. We always knew, we always talk about that home field advantage and the noise and all that. It is back Mm -hmm. with a vengeance, and they got a lot of home games left. So fun time. They do, but not this weekend at Cardinals. And I don't know what your thoughts are on this last game for Arizona. I know a lot of talk, and we we touched on it last week, about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. And when he yells to the sideline, you know, what do you say? Shut the F up or whatever he said. And it's like watching, if you have that couple who are friends of yours, who you're like, man, they're not going to last more than a couple of years. <laughs> you're like, all they do with those two is fight. Like everyone knows that couple, you know. I feel like that's how I look at Kyler and Cliff. What's your read on what we saw from the Cardinals this past weekend, you know, with D-Hop back, it's it's a different team, but it's not enough. Well, as someone who actually lost a fair amount of money on the Cardinals last weekend, because I just thought they were in a great spot. I really did. And they had multiple opportunities to win that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you, but I will make the tiny argument of, like, sometimes those couples even though you know maybe their time is limited. It does go like 10 years. Like It's that like <laughs> they make know, it. volcanic relationship. So uh, it, look, it was great to see Hopkins back too. Yeah. Like, it, we all forgot how good Hopkins is because he was out so long. So I think Arizona, I really thought they were going to get that game and, and they needed it. But I do think if they could get Hopkins going like they have and get a little healthier, 
they're not in a bad spot. Again, because that division is one of the many that are just crazy. They're not in a terrible spot. Although, yeah, the Cliff Kyler thing, uh, yeah, it's, it's like going to get covered by Us Weekly soon. Yeah. Like their tumultuous relationship. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they are at Washington this Sunday. Obviously, Minnesota won that game 34-26. Minnesota, they are cooking. It is hard to imagine there's a world in which they don't win the NFC North. The Aaron Rodgers Invitational is now all theirs. What do you make of what they're doing? And especially when they're in kind of that early Sunday time slot like they've got coming up. I mean, I don't see them losing a game on their schedule coming up. They've answered every question, even though sometimes not impressively, about their team. No one I've seen puts them in their top five when you see all the other talking head shows and stuff like that. Minnesota does not crack the top five in power rankings, so they're still... They still have that. We're not getting our respect mm-hmm. thing, which, which is, is good work for them. It works. It's great. Yeah. But they're out coach, to such glad. a lead. If they could nail down like two more wins, mm-hmm. put the nail in the ca- the coffin for the Packers. Like, I think you really start doing pitch count stuff with like the Dalvin Cooks yeah. and stuff. I, I know that's not 100%. what we all want to hear. And, and, and any other sport, I get it. But with football, especially someone who's been a little injury prone, you just, you, at that point now, how do we get healthy? For the playoffs. And then, I mean, I don't know. They could challenge the Eagles if the Eagles lose to the Texans, like I'm predicting. Mm-hmm. There's a one seed at stake that is now more important than ever. Yeah, no, you're right. It's interesting. You mentioned uh, Russell Wilson earlier when we were talking about Seattle. And that game, oh. no one freaking watched because it was on ESPN+. Plus. Took me a minute to <laughs> find that one. I'm not going to lie. Took me a minute. That was that was such a slap in the face. I have a friend who worked for the Broncos. We got together when they were in London. And... I was like, oh, you know, I I love these London games. You know, I obviously went to Packers Giants, but I love when I can just watch a game in the middle of a Sunday over here. And I was like, yeah. And by the way, who's who's airing that? And and she said, oh, it's ESPN Plus. What a slap in the face. I know they were competing against all the pregame shows. You know, that's a and Jerry, you and I, because of your background and then my background in in TV, I feel like we love the programming nonsense. Yeah, it's great. I think a very interesting part of sports. Obviously, your Saturday Super Bowl stuff, all of that we've talked about. But this one was kind of a head scratcher for me because it was a standalone game, had no competition, and they bumped it for all of the pregame shows that do so much better than these two drowning, floundering teams could have done. I mean, then why do we ship these two off to England? You know what I mean? What a horrible game in London to put on a subpar streaming platform. Just how many more isolated Russell Wilson games are we going to be uh, have to sit through? Like, yeah. I know this is not a primetime game. It's a prime morning game. There's nothing <laughs> else on. So we're all right. like, yeah, let's put that on with the coffee. Look, it's going to be real interesting what the Broncos do going forward. I don't know why I'm still sitting. Why is Jerry Judy's name in every is in trade <laughs> rumors? Why is Hannah? Yeah. Like, I'm just so confusing how you could make this move. Spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a quarterback and then be like, let's blow it up. <laughs> it just would be, yeah. would be one of the more bizarre things. I'm sick of the Broncos. I'm actually <laughs> sick of taking shots at Russell Wilson. I think we've done it enough. And uh, let's just, let's just, they look, they won. They won. They beat yeah. Jacksonville, who, who can't figure out how to win at all. With a good fourth quarter from Russell. You know, you, you've got to admit, I don't know if you watched it, but it was. Russell's going to cook. He no, cooked. he's not. He, no, he's going to warm stuff up. That's what he does. He doesn't he cook. He warms stuff slightly up. Slightly microwave. Yeah. I will tell you, though, when I flew out here, I did not do high knees up and down the aisle. I didn't work out for four of the eight hour flight. I just, you know, I'm not going to do that. I don't think anyone's going to do that. That's 
that I know we said we're done making fun of him, but come on. He'll give us more. He'll give us <laughs> every more. week. Can we, uh, every week. Before we get into Unleashed and all that mm-hmm. good stuff, could we segue quickly and for in a for a minute? Because my Unleashed is in the NBA. Okay. So do a little NBA. Like I'm look, I'm glad the Lakers getting some wins now, all that stuff. Some wins. I was a little confused by the Darvin Ham like Super Bowl Gatorade bath yeah. that he got in the locker room. Like, I'm happy for him. Look, of course, it's a, all right, great. Your first career win as a head coach. Like, got it. It's the NBA. That should have come a while ago. Were the Lakers going to go 0 and 8? Were they going to go 0 and 82? Like, did we not expect? Like, 0 and 16 in the NFL has happened before. That's a threat. There is a threat that a first time head coach could not get a victory. Were we really going to say, like, Darvin Ham, we got that first one out of the way? All right. What were they going to go 0 and 82? And, like, also, where's like the pride? Like, I'm I'm happy for Darvin Ham, too. He seems like a great Mm -hmm. person. And he seems like a good coach. They're off to a rough start. So this is not like I'm not happy for Darvin Ham. If I'm that team, like, aren't you embarrassed? To quote, like, Sebastian Maniscalco, aren't you embarrassed? You got your first win. You're celebrating like you, you did something. We've been, like, it should have been the opposite. It should have been somber mm-hmm. in that locker room. Like, we, all right, we finally did what we needed to do. Let's go to work. And LeBron was in there participating. Yep, that's what I was going to say. I love Darvin Ham. I'm happy for him. I think he's going to get a lot of wins. Yep. So that just, that threw me for a loop. I was going to say, because LeBron is in there, it almost makes it more egregious. Because he should, and AD, as a and, AD. Le- and AD, but as a leader in that room, when we all know the Lakers right now is LeBron, our LeBron, whatever the grammar is, but he should have said, look, we're excited for you, D-Ham. This is great. It's unacceptable. It happened this late, and we all have to be better. Like that, I, I would be apologizing to him. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, sorry it took this long. I mean, sorry. Let me buy you dinner. Let me buy you a steak instead of soaking you with whatever they were. So yeah, it just was weird. It looked like they clinched the playoffs. It did. It looked like they clinched the playoff spot. No, you're right. That was awkward to watch. It's sad that it happened like this. Last team to get a win with that roster, and everyone is going to be questioning what the move is. And AD already having back issues, and. NBA's worst shooting team ever now. And and LeBron's off to his worst shooting start. There was issues up and down. So I don't know what to make of it. But Jerry, that was certainly not the biggest news in the NBA. As we're recording this Tuesday night, or Tuesday night for me, Tuesday afternoon for you, uh, Steve Nash out in Brooklyn. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, something had to happen. Obviously, they're not off to a good start. And then you get into the, the Kyrie stuff and the Durant stuff. Did he want him fired over? It, you, you know, Woj reported that uh, it was mutual, which typically when I hear that, I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> In this case, I totally, totally 100% believe, like, Steve, come into the office, please. And Steve Nash walking to me like, I'm going to stop you guys for a second. <laughs> it's cool. You, I'm fine. Cool. Let's, you're right. I'm out. I know Steve Nash is a competitor. He was a great competitor as a player. He's a competitive person. So I'm sure he's not taking this, like, with a grain of salt. But yeah, I'm sure I, I actually, for the first time ever, believe the both sides were mutually agreed upon. Like, I just, I, I agree it was mutually agreed that it's, it should no longer happen. Um, you know, and then you hear stuff like, I, obviously, Jacques Vaughn's going to take over for now, but you hear names like Quinn, Quinn Snyder and you hear Udoka, which it's like, is that even going to happen this quickly? Ooh. When can it even happen? That's like a, such a lot. It's very confusing. I will say to kind of surmise, I was worried already when they came in. I again loving I love Steve Nash. He never coached before, like head coach. They got they kicked Kenny Atkinson out the door, mm-hmm. who is now a very valued assistant with Golden State. 
And that team was overachieving on a level with Karis LeVert and, and just all, the, like, they did not really have that number one. So I just always thought that should have stayed Kenny Atkinson's job. Kenny Atkinson is a great coach. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Uh, I, I'm happy that the Knicks are not the, the main the main circus in New York right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's your take. A couple things. What came to mind is conscious uncoupling. Remember when Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow said that when they got a divorce? Something yes. like that. That's like a nice Hollywood spin on it. So that came sure. to my mind. Also with the Ime Udoka stuff that he is, his name's in the conversation. He's obviously suspended from the Celtics for a year for everything that happened there and that he's still available to be hired elsewhere. Is very funny. And we were talking right before we recorded that we see this a lot in football, I feel like with coaches, is some off the field issue, the name Hugh Freeze comes to mind, and you're banished, right? Like the school has to fire you. It, it's going to be a really bad look if they don't part ways. But yet, you're so successful on the field that your name is always in the conversation anytime there is a big hiring. Like for this Hugh Freeze example, his name, and he's obviously at Liberty. His name is now in the conversation for the Auburn job. And Brian Harson just got fired this week. He's a great play caller. He's, he was super successful at Ole Miss. Beat Nick Saban, I think twice, actually, now that I think about it. And it's one of those things that, like, you have to pay your penance. You have to go to, like, yeah. sports jail, a.k.a. in this case it was Liberty. <laughs> like, you have to, to go pay your time. And then don't worry. Like, you're going to be right back where you wanted to be in a couple of years. I don't know. Is there another example like that I'm, I'm missing? Someone... I feel like we see this a lot, right? It does happen. And, you know, some people you'll see say, well, what should like his career be over completely? Mm -hmm. Like we still don't even have the details or right. have some detail. I, I don't know. It really, to me, that's like an organizational decision. If the Nets are like, you know what, we'll wait out his suspension. Mm -hmm. We want him for the future. And, you know, he made a mistake and moving on, that's their prerogative. But you do take on everything that comes with that when stuff doesn't work out or something happens again. But yeah, like, I don't know, I guess what we're we supposed to say, is he, is he done for his career? Is his career completely over? I'm not one to me. I'm glad I'm not making that yep. decision. And I, I'm so sick of cancel culture and us in the media, I think are, are the most at fault at this, but certainly sports fans feel like they're the judge and jury so often. And so, yeah, I could care less about that. That's more in this Example with Ime, that's kind of more between him and his wife, as far as I'm concerned, not our problem. But I think it's certainly an interesting look if that turnaround was so quick. If the Nets are like, hey, Ime, what's going on? How you doing? Come on down to Brooklyn. Like, that's uh, certainly, certainly quick. From a betting perspective, though, Jerry, this has been pretty interesting because the Nets' odds to win the NBA championship, they opened at plus 700. And two weeks into the season, plus Steve Nash firing, plus 1,400. Think about that. They're wow. two and five, just seven games into the season. They fire Steve Nash. And I don't know, pretty interesting. And under Steve Nash, they were 94 and 67. That was the record. Got swept out of the first round of the playoffs last season, obviously by yeah. the Celtics. So that kind of comes full circle. But uh, any other first time coach, that's an amazing start. Right. Even though you got swept, right? But not in that situation and not with those players. I'm going to say if it's Quinn Snyder for some reason, I feel like their odds will get better right away because yeah. Quinn Snyder's a great, I think he's a great coach. I think he maximized a lot he did of great what Utah. Utah had. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm not saying even, with, I mean, with Yudoka, you could argue the same thing. I just don't know when he would start. Like, that would be the biggest thing. So if it's Quinn Snyder and, like, a right away, he takes over in, like, two weeks from now, those odds, I bet you, tick up and get a little bit better. And then, obviously, a part of this conversation is the Kyrie stuff, and there's a lot there. But I keep thinking with KD, does he just wake up every morning wondering why he traded out Steph Curry for Kyrie Irving? Like, does he not wake up every morning regretting that decision? I don't think we'll ever know uh, what KD's thinking. Um, Horrible. He's, it's such a waste of talent. KD should be on a contending team every season, not dealing with all this nonsense. Right. It's not on him. You know, it's really not on him. Like, that's why even when we said that when he demanded a trade mm-hmm. and all that stuff, he really has no leverage because KD is not going to skip games yeah. and skip trade. Like, that's the big conundrum with him because it's like, even if he wants out to force your way out, the things you have to do, I don't know if he's willing to do because that dude loves basketball. I buy that 100%. Mm -hmm. And I buy 100% when he was with the Warriors, especially that first year. That's like the happiest, I think. he's. I think he hit basketball utopia. Yeah. You know, like, wow. And then year two, year three, other stuff starts happening and all that. But yeah, that dude loves the ball. So uh I don't know. I ultimately think the Nash thing, too, was a distraction in itself. Is he going to get fired? Is he not? So I, I do think the Nets will start to hit a stride in like two weeks. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, you were courtside at the Cavs game. Get to see your boy Donovan Mitchell up close and personal. Tell me about that. It's time to unleash. Okay, Olivia. So this was a rough one for me. I went in person to the Cavs Knicks game this past Sunday. They were in Cleveland and I got some really good tickets. I had never sat in a seat. Now I've sat in some really good seats. This is not a humble brag. I've been fortunate enough to sit courtside, all that great stuff. So I sat first front row right behind the Cavs bench, which is not a great seat for viewing because you have seven foot tall people sitting in front of you, but it's a really cool seat for like timeouts and stuff. I was inside the Cavs huddle. And I had a really close look at Donovan Mitchell. And obviously, every Nick fan has convinced themselves now that not trading for Donovan Mitchell was the right thing to do. We're all on that boat. Until he played the Knicks and until I saw it in person, it was like watching, you know, like a relationship in high school, like a girl who sort of left you, although Donovan Mitchell didn't leave the Knicks for someone else. And you're watching it like, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's a better relationship <laughs> for her. And she's flourishing. He's flourishing. He was flourishing on the court. He was completely dominant. And it was a close game throughout. And you just knew that Donovan Mitchell was going to close out the game. And now realizing that you just need that star player in the NBA as much as I try to fight against it. And Donovan Mitchell was that player in the huddles, in the timeouts. He was coaching guys up. He was coaching up Okoro. He was coaching up Mobley. He was like the greatest alpha team leader guy. And it just all made sense. And I just had the pit in my stomach of what did the Knicks do by not making it mandatory to trade for Donovan Mitchell. So I'm saying all the justification that Knicks fans did about, oh, we're in great shape. We should have did the trade after watching that in person. That hurt my feelings as a Knicks fan. And he is at an MVP level through whatever, seven games, but oh, it is so good for the Cavs. What a great fit. I'm glad that you're there for this too. And I love your kind of Midwest fandom coming out of nowhere. Cause I know like 
you were trying to spite your in-laws a little bit by going against Michigan. And now you're settling in on the Cavs. I think you're settling in nicely. Yeah. And look, the one thing you could say is the Knicks would have had to actually trade players that they would have needed to also be good with Mitchell. Whereas the Cavs, you know, I don't think they were going to hang on the marketing and Sexton anyway. So they were able to bring in Mitchell with still a great core. So it's just a better fit. It, it for him basketball wise, such a better situation for. I'm happy for him on that level. Yeah, it's probably cool to see in person too. And and we had banter because it was like on our show the week it was happening. And I know you wanted him. I know you did, but sounds like you're a good sport about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it like I said, it's like you and this person broke up, and now they're dating someone else, and you're like, that's yeah. a good couple. There, they're a good couple. What are you gonna do? That's a yeah. good couple. They're a good couple. They should be together. Okay, let's stay in the Midwest. And I already brought up Michigan, so I've got to touch on this fight that happened in the tunnel after one of the best rivalries in college football, Michigan State. Michigan, it happened in the big house. You see Michigan State players who lost 29-7 to just beating up on an indefensible Wolverine player. Jaden McBurrows was one of them, and then uh, Jamon Green, the defensive back, with no helmet on, mind you. Just a complete assault in the tunnel. And as this story is progressing now, there are a couple things that I find interesting is people are pointing the finger at a lot of people other than the four Spartan players who have been suspended indefinitely, by the way. And there is an ongoing investigation. But people are blaming the structure of the big house, which was built almost a century ago, by the way. There's a single entrance and exit and just this one tunnel, which I will say there are a handful of stadiums in the NFL and college that have one tunnel. And as a sideline reporter, I'll tell you, it is a nightmare. Because when you're trying to get a coach coming off uh, the field at halftime and two teams are trying to get into their locker room as fast as possible, it's, it's a mess. But some of these are like grandfathered in the big house. I mean, come on. You, they're not going to change it probably anytime soon. Should they? Sure. But it's just what it is. You can't blame the architect for this fight. And and I really don't like people saying, well, you know, it's a football game. Come on, blah, blah. No, this was off the field of play. When we look at similar incidents of violence that seems to supersede the game, like the Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett situation comes to mind. A lot of times they get written off when the law tries to get involved. It's, it's on the field of play, right? Well, this is not, this was after the game in the tunnel, a player with no helmet on who got a concussion from this altercation, and if you've seen the video, it is hard to watch. It's it's gross. This is not boys will be boys. This is not that. This was a full-on assault of an overhyped matchup of a rivalry that goes, you know, decades beyond any of these kids were alive, and it's horrible. The interesting part about it now is that the player who suffered the concussion has hired a lawyer, and not just any lawyer, He hired Tom Mars, who if you look up just about any scandal in college football, Tom Mars is right there in the middle of it. So pretty interesting stuff that now it's going to become a a criminal investigation. Another interesting part that I'm looking at is the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren. I'm a big fan of his. He's had his hands full because COVID happened like right as he took over the job and um, every conference was doing something different in regards to COVID. But he was at the game because his son is on the Michigan State roster. 
So that's kind of going to be an interesting part about it. The Big Ten has stayed quiet so far, so clearly they're waiting for more evidence, and there are supposed to be other camera angles that we haven't seen yet. Jim Harbaugh saying that, and he's saying that the evidence is so much worse when you see the camera angle that he has seen. So, look, it's a mess, and I hate when this stuff overshadows the purity and the pageantry of college football, right? It, it, It sullies all of it for everyone, and already... College sports are taking a different turn with now NIL and Transfer Portal and that it's not what it used to be for a lot of good reasons. There are a lot of good things coming out of it. Now I'm going on a tangent, but that is my unleashed because I I was really pissed when I saw that this went down. No, it it, look, it is it is hard to watch. Made me kind of grateful that that's not something that we've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. because that I know I guess we've got like conditioned to like accept violence on the field right because it's in the spirit of the game sure. but it just shows you too and, and what a difference it is from like football violence versus just violence violence you know and in the weird way you know what I it, it, I thought about this is kind of off topic but everyone you know was kind of up in arms about the DJ Moore penalty after the Hail Mary because he took his helmet off right and <laughs> yeah. why is that a 15 yard penalty and it cost them the kick where, and like where you could like pile drive a quarterback and that's only 15. Like those two things are equivalent. Yeah. To me, it's so clear. It's such a stiff penalty because keep your helmet on. And I think it's because of like stuff like that. Cause if mm-hmm. a fight breaks out, that's why like, you know, and there are some players who will throw punches to people with a helmet on. Or you hit know? you with the air helmet. I right. Mean, it, your it, helmet should be on weapon. your head. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's either a weapon. It could be a weapon or yeah. also like, you know, I think it's a deterrent for people to throw punches maybe when someone's wearing a helmet. Like, I'm not going to punch you in the face because I'm probably going to break my hand because you have a helmet mm-hmm. on. So I guess it's just more, it's so severe because it's the bad things that could happen when helmets come off in, in the spirit of play. But anyway, that was well said. That's a crazy situation that every yeah. sports fan is kind of like, is like, whoa, that's, that's, that's crazy. And our friend who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, Pat Forty, who writes for Sports Illustrated, he had a great article on it, and he is not mincing his words. He is uh, probably even more upset than I am. He has kids who have been D1 athletes, and uh, yep. it's it's very interesting. In any topic, whether it's a social issue, it, uh, something like this with, with sports, I always think, if that's your kid, what do you think? And my husband yeah. and I were talking about it. I said, can you imagine if that was our son, and we see that footage of players in full pads and helmets, just wailing on this kid, kicking him like, oh, I'd be down there. I would yeah. be making my way it's, to East Lansing. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it just puts a pit in, in your stomach. But, it uh, does. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a rough one. And I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. how it's going to shake out, but yep. not a good situation for anyone involved. No, it's not. All right. On a brighter note, let's go ahead and get to our guest. Max Greenfield is next. All right, let's bring in our guest. He's like the Mike Trout of acting, a five-tool player who can do it all. One of the stars of The Neighborhood, Max Greenfield. Welcome to Unleashed. We're so glad that Jerry called in a personal favor for this one. Still trying to digest the intro. Uh, <laughs> I think my I, what part I, do you have a problem with? Well, I think Mike Trout. Mike Trout's considered to be, in some circles, the best player in uh, Major League Baseball. So far, everything's fine. Yeah, I don't put myself in that category. (laughs) In that category, I do like the five tools situation. Okay, but I just think a lower level of of that would be uh, 
would be more apt. Oh, I love it. I Who love would be? It. Who's no, a low, uh, I don't know baseball as much hmm. as I should. Well, Jerry, what should we have I, introed him? We're as? gonna by the end of the show, we're gonna come up with your sports comp. But I, I thought of something earlier in the show. I like Iguodala. I, I like Iguodala. You're like, ah, no, <laughs> you, you definitely have a Finals MVP under your belt, and you've definitely won championships. I think your stats might be a little better than. No, well, no, 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 no. I mean, you about Philly Iguodala. I just or, like that Iguodala, Iguodala can go into any. He, he can play any position, and he's very direct. He, he's he's good at taking direction. Like I need you to play the five. <laughs> That's you. I need you to play the five tonight. <laughs> let's go. You are a like. Let's get it done by any means necessary. Put me in any position you want. Set. I like that we've now hashed that out. You know what I thought of today, Max? And I was talking to Olivia about this. Like, we all have, like, you know, like you get your emergency contact when you go to the doctor. Like, who's the person to call? And you put your wife hmm. or whatever. You're my sports emergency contact. Like, when something happens oh, and it's like, I got to talk to someone, you are the person I call. When I text you in a panic about something that happens in sports and you don't respond, it's because now you have two young kids and I get that. And my kids are older, so I, you know, I have chunks of time where like they're just not doing, like they don't want anything to do with me, and so, <laughs> and you have to be hands on, and I know that, but also when you don't respond uh, immediately, it's real. It it's I, it's not frustrating. I start to panic because <laughs> I don't know what to do with these feelings. Well, Olivia, we like debated the. Because Matt, well, first, you know what, Max, let's get so you similar to me, like you grew up in New York, you grew up in Dobbs Ferry, you relocated to Los Angeles at a very young age. So you've done I did 20 years, New York, 20 years, L.A. You're Same. pretty similar. Yeah. So like explain your sports fandom, like who you root for, but also having the L.A. effect of all those decisions. Yeah, I won't go. I won't go too long on this. As he wears a Dodgers hat, we just since everyone's listening. Yes, he's, he's wearing, wearing, a, wearing a, Los, a Los Dodgers hat. You know, you you've always been like a ride or die Knicks fan yes. throughout all of it. I would love to say that I was the same, but I wasn't. Um, I grew up a Knicks fan. I was loved going to the Garden when I was a kid, and but I I, I sort of lost interest in my twenties just in basketball in general. Um, and I didn't really pick the Knicks back up until Mello got traded because I loved Carmelo. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say I'm definitely a Knicks fan. And now more than ever, especially in the last couple of years. And I've gotten just so into basketball in general. But I've stayed with the Knicks. I love them. The Yankees. The Yankees I had a really tough time with because I think they were probably my first love. And I loved them from a very young age. And then I remember like getting to an age where was hanging out with my friends and we're watching the games and like, you know, we're probably like too young, but we're having a couple of beers and we're <laughs> hanging out with girls and we're watching the games. And I remember like being like, this is the best version of life there is. <laughs> and I remember one year watching like the year that Jeter threw out uh, one of the A's at home plate. The flip yeah. at home plate. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I was like, Okay, we've, we've this is the pinnacle, and the next year Giambi was on our team, and I couldn't make sense of that. Like, why is he now one of us? I could, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't come to grips with it. And then we got a Rod, and I was like, I don't like where this is going. And then it dawned <laughs> on me that maybe this has been us the whole time, and I had a whole yeah. reckoning. 
And I sort of, when I moved to Los Angeles, I was like, forget it, I'm done. And I just, and I'm like, I don't, I, I won't say that I'm a Dodger fan because I think it's too hard, but I do like going to Dodger games. I love, I love the stadium yeah. and it's a great vibe. And I like the team a lot. Team's really fun. I will say, Olivia, Max mm -hmm. had the honor of throwing out first pitch at a Dodger game one time. Wow. He took me to the game. I was trying to get in his head so hard. And I'm what did like, I do? I threw a laser. He yeah. he fired in, I have to say, he fired in a strike. It was very impressive. Although I will say, I, when I got out there and you look up, you you know, you try to be humble about the whole thing. You put your head down, you walk out there and like just walk out to the mound. And then you turn around and you look up and you see how big that stadium is. Um, and there was a lot of people there. If someone had woken me up three hours later on a bed or like a bench somewhere and they'd be like, hey, man, you fainted. I would have been like, totally makes sense. I, I, I felt like it was coming. That makes sense. OK, it's fine. Oh. And then. Football wise. Uh, Gettleman really did it to me. He really he, he really hurt me and I'm not ready to come back yet. And I, I, if there was ever a time to come That's back, personal. it's now. But it really just the Odell trade killed me. He's my favorite. He's my favorite. I love him. And there was no reason for us to get rid of him. There really just was not. And I didn't like how they phrased it. And like they were like, we don't like this is a culture issue. It was too much for me. I can't. I was like, I'm out. I, I can't do this. But um, they're starting to win me back. But again, I think NFL I enjoy. It's just on a storyline basis right now. I've had a conscience uncoupling with, uh, with the Giants. <laughs> I'm more conscious of it than they are, but I I'm, I'm done for now. Well, then did you become a Rams fan, especially when they got no. OBJ last year? No. no. Well, uh, you one, have of the worst, one of the worst sports moments for me was watching that because I was like, my, the only vested interest I have in the Super Bowl is I think Odell's in a really good position and I want him to have a game. It was like the worst sports moment for me. I was like, I, I, the only vested interest I had in the game was Odell having a big game. And I thought he's in good position. And then I started to watch the game. He had the first mm. two catch. He had the first two catches. Then he had the touchdown. And I was like, touchdown. let's go. And I was fired up. I was standing for the there? TV. No, I was like, oh. I, don't, I don't go to games. It's too much. Um, I <laughs> like, I get to, I get to, I get to too much anxiety. I like to pace in front of the TV. Um, and so I'm like, I'm watching the game. Like, Here we go. And I was fired up. And then he went down and I, you could tell that it was bad. And I, I turned the game off. I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. I don't care. I got so sad. It's so funny to me. You seem uh, very emotionally invested in whether you're throwing that first pitch, watching a game, whatever. Uh, you know, m your job is most people's like worst fear, like being on camera, memorizing lines. It's funny that sports sometimes can kind of boil your blood a little bit. If you put on a random night of NBA pass for me, it amps up my anxiety in a way that I can't walk away from. Why? Worse than any set that Why? I've ever been on. I don't know, man. I get I get competitive with teams. <laughs> I want teams to win. I want other teams. I want other players to play well. I just feel very invested. You just want everyone to do well. Do no, I don't want everybody to do well. I want certain <laughs> people to do well. Do you put money on games? No. Not every once in a while, I'll do it. I'll call Jerry like once yeah. every year and I'll go, yeah. I've got a feeling. Max, oh, I was we're going get to into tell that. you that you probably shouldn't because I think you're already 
It does <laughs> not. It's a little it, too much for you. It, it does nothing <laughs> for me. Don't put money on games. No, the money thing does nothing for me emotionally. If I lose, okay. it, it makes complete sense to me because I'm like, of course, you, of course you lost. You're a loser. <laughs> and when I win, I'm like this. You should have bet a million. So I'm like, this is yeah. this is stupid. Why why do this? We're gonna get into some of your calls because we're gonna do some mid season awards. Let's go. And Olivia, I cannot wait to tell you who he called me up. I still I I buy it, still think it might come through. I've given him time to simmer down on this on this bet because I I actually like I love it. What are the, what are the odds, I'm, baby? I'm trying to help him out. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get that. Sorry to interrupt you, Olivia. Uh continue with the question, but we yeah, I can't wait to hear your take on this bet that he likes. Because you've your your story with your sports fandom has a lot to do with storylines. Like you mentioned, following certain players and getting mad about certain players coming and going. But I think the geography is an aspect of it you've got to touch on because growing up in New York, now living in LA, but spent one year, one year at the University of Wisconsin, which is that's kind of like my team. My husband went there. We're big Wisconsin fans. Oh, yeah, I know. Love Madison. So I've got to ask, did that sprinkle in some like Midwest goodness in your sports buffet? Yeah, I sort of, um, how, do we, how do I put this? I sort of uh, cruised <laughs> through, uh, the, okay. uh, through the yes. Midwest. Um, <laughs> on your way to L.A. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a, like a long pit stop. A stopover. Yeah, a long stopover. Don't remember most of it. Um, sure. Had a sure. good time, though. Mm-hmm. Go Is it Badgers. Madison the best? Go Badgers, baby. Yeah, come Madison's on. Madison's the best. Yeah, very good social scene there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. A lot of places to just lay down and pass out <laughs> if, uh, if you've had a few too many. Uh, Oh, my God. We're going to get into some NFL midseason awards. You're no stranger to awards. The, the emotional part for you, I think, is why we've always gotten along so well, too, because we're, we also are very, we don't like when players have, like, meltdowns. We feel very bad. It hurts to watch. We don't. Well, but I also think we relate to them. We relate to them because Max and I have had many. Max, I was invited to the 08 Giants Super Bowl versus the undefeated Pats. Max, we, we could have went. Do you know where we watched the game? Like, we watched the week before. Do you remember the Packer game when Tynes missed 45? Max and I held hands in overtime for the final field. Yeah. I've never held hands with a grown man during a sporting event watching a field goal. We held hands. And then him and I watched the Super Bowl, like, alone, like us two, because we, we couldn't emotionally handle going to a Giants Super Bowl. I can't emotionally handle watching most most <laughs> games. So when I witness to a professional athlete having a mental breakdown on a big stage, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I go, of course, this is exactly what I would do. All right, should we get into it, Olivia? Should we get into some mid-season awards? Yes, I gotta hear this carpet. hot take. We're gonna do it, okay. It's not that it's really not I heard that it's hot. I'm not I'm definitely I'm not the first person to have said this. I, um it was a little hotter a couple weeks yes. ago when I called Jerry about it. But I, I still kind of believe it. It's well, more stop so teasing the me. when. Just tell me someone tell me this. 
All right. Well, let, we'll start with that category. Okay. okay. Uh, let's just let's do mid-season. We're calling these the mid-seas, all right? Let's okay. do the mid-season NFL MVP. Do you want nominees or you just want to say who you think it is, Max? Look, I think right now if you're going to give it to somebody, you probably give it to Josh Allen. Right. I think you can make a good argument for Jalen Hurts. But what I think could happen, and this is what happens when, you know, with the, like the Emmy Awards or the Oscars. <laughs> The story and the storyline, which you talked about before, Olivia. I like the stories. I think what could happen here is if Mahomes starts to pick it up and is more and has more consistent big games, he and Josh Allen could very likely cancel each other out, mm. which is my hope. But who do you really believe? If J- yeah. if Jalen Hurts keeps playing the way that he that, that he has been playing, and I God, their schedule is really open. Yes. To mm-hmm. I I don't I can't necessarily see the loss right now in that schedule for them. So it could end up being a Jalen Hurts situation. Having said that, if Cowboys can beat Philly in what will be a huge game, and it continues to play out this way, I think there's a good chance for Micah Parsons to be the guy. Things are changing (laughs) in the world, and it's time for a defensive player to win it. And I don't... If every interview you see with this guy, he says the things that every NFL player and old-school NFL player and coach or historian wants to hear a guy say he is so team yeah. first. He is so dedicated and he is, and he's also clearly the best defensive player on the team. And I think it was, I think it was really evident when Dak was not the quarterback and he was carrying that team when you thought they were completely, when Dak went down you go, Oh, the Cowboys are going to lose every game this year. And you're like, I guess they're not because of their middle linebacker, <laughs> who also is their defensive end, who also right. plays like nose tackle. You're like, this guy's crazy. And he carried them through those games. And then all of a sudden you see him like pick up a fumble against Chicago and run it back into the end zone. And you're like, he's having these moments. And if he continues to have those moments and he has a couple more big games and if he can beat Philly in that second in that rematch later in the season. And again, Josh Allen and uh, and Mahomes just have this duel mm-hmm. with one another. Because, by the way, let me tell you something. Josh Allen, a lot of turnovers. <laughs> True. They're True. not they're not totally costly for the team, and I respect them because that guy plays. He's on another level right now, and I, it feels like every time he throws a pick, it is just part of what he's doing, and it doesn't seem to hurt them in their in whatever situation they're in but a lot of turnovers for that guy and then Mahomes has these games where you're like where'd he go and then the next week it's like you know seven touchdowns and you're like oh, there right, he is chill yeah. out do you know what the Micah Parsons odds are Max do you even want to hear what the I think last time we checked it was 200 what's it at now I mean they're, they're, it's 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 different all it's like over plus 20,000 yeah like, he's, he's not like even the on the 25th top. <laughs> Like, like he's a like 20th in odds. Once you get, he is the first defensive player, obviously. I hate the judgment that you're putting <laughs> No, on what I'm saying is I, I'm with you. I look at it like I Jerry, always, everyone we invited Max on our show. He got his daughter's headphones. He was really excited to share this with us and we just spat it back in his face. No, I'm with him. I'm with him. I just, 
I don't think it happens. Is that why you invited me yes. on the show, Jerry, to call me an idiot? <laughs> no, I'm trying to say you are right. Unfortunately, the system is against you. Yeah. So this bet will lose, not because you're wrong, because the system, he'll win defensive player in the landslide. That's yeah. his MVP. He's minus However, 225 for yes, defensive player of the uh, year. But to follow your, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for storylines. That's why I'm big Who's on ahead the of him? No one. He's no a, one. He's the favorite. Yeah. He's yeah. the clear defensive by like a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. But then you talk Nick about Bosa. the Eagles rematch. He also has the Giants on Thanksgiving. I've spent 15 mm. Thanksgivings at your family's house. There's never been a good football game on once in those 15 years. This is the first one. I know. It's, if he puts on exciting. a show on Thanksgiving with the world watching and then does something. And holds the, and holds the turkey over his head. <laughs> we could put a dollar on it. Let's put a dollar on it. And Josh Allen just keeps going Two TDs, two picks. <laughs> Olivia, who's your midseason MVP? Well, I got to say I'm a little bit more intrigued with the Jalen Hurts storyline of it than Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, who we knew they'd be in this position halfway through the season, right? And like you said, they're both right there. I don't think they'll cancel it out. I think ultimately one of them will edge the other. But what Jalen Hurts is doing is really incredible. What the Eagles are yes. doing is really incredible. So um, I kind of feel the same way with like coach of the year. I love going for a storyline of really, who are we more impressed with? Very true. Coach of the year. Uh, I'll give you nominee. I'll give you like the top four, but yeah. who was your coach of the year for the first half, Max and Olivia? We have Nick Sirianni, who is the favorite to win as yeah. of right now. Brian Dable, who I think he's who I would be if I was a coach. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, Minnesota Vikings get no Jerry, love whatsoever. That's very generous to yourself. I, I, wow. Meaning like I'd be wearing the Jordans like him. I'd be wearing the Jordan threes. Brian Dable okay. wears Jordan threes. Okay. So that's what I would do. And, and uh, the, the, the old guy in the group, Pete Carroll, the yeah. old guy in the group, unless you have someone else, Max, I'll start with you. Who's your first half coach of the year in the NFL? It's hard not to say Philly. Mm -hmm. Right. Sirianni. Yeah. Because he came in hot last year. And he was doing, from all the reports, he was doing, the, you know, the cool stuff in the locker room. We're making signs and, like, getting these guys hyped up in, like, a high school football kind of way. And you go, well, this goes one of two ways. Either they're like, this guy's a nerd or he's really trying to galvanize this group. Right. And they clearly bet on Jalen Hurts when people were sort of like, I don't know. And team looks awesome. And they're all playing incredibly hard and didn't they just get robert they Quinn got or they they're just loaded all over the place they're just they're loaded they got robert they're playing Quinn, yeah. yeah they're playing out of their minds and jalen hurts looks incredible so it feels like it's all a product of that guy and so i i think it's tough not to give it to him although the pete carroll story is pete carroll story is great incredible. i'm gonna give you an all so for me obvious homer pick it's brian dable mm -hmm. now i think philly yes yeah, sirianni's amazing if they go undefeated it's like a no-brainer but you could almost say gm of the year philly for sure that team top to bottom is so complete brian dable has won games literally out coaching people like coaching decisions in the game has caused his team to win. They should of games they shouldn't be winning. That's why I vote for Dable now. I don't know about the long term, but through the first half for me, it's Jordan Cement Threes wearing Brian Dable. I've got to go with Dable too for the value as well. I mean, he's yeah. plus three hundred. Sirianni's minus one hundred five. And also, when we were talking about storylines of who predicted this, no one predicted a six and one record and the streak of fourth quarter comebacks. That's good coaching.
I'm liking Dayball. This one's going to be fun. Can I? Can I? Go ahead. Can I just make a suggestion? Yeah, throw some units on Micah, <laughs> and then throw some units on Sirianni just to like edge, hedge it. Okay. Out. This one's going to be fun. Okay, because I had to do some research back to the beginning of the odds. This is uh, what are what are the biggest bust bets? Like if you made this mm. preseason bet on this team, what do you think is the biggest bust? We have the Raiders to win the AFC West, which started at plus 650. Now it's plus 4,400 to win the AFC. A lot of people took the Raiders to win the AFC West. Green Bay Packers, sorry, Olivia, uh, to win the NFC North. They were minus 155, now plus 850. Yeah. Broncos to win the AFC West started at plus 60, now plus 3,400. Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Bucks to win the NFC South, minus 275, now minus 135. And last... Max is almost LA Rams to win the NFC West plus 125 to plus 440. Who's the biggest bust if you made that preseason bet? You're just like instantly ripped rip that ticket up. Some of those you could like Denver, that division is so mm-hmm. hard that you were like, it's hard to tell what's going right. to happen there. And I, it's crazy what's happened with that entire division. But um, so I think it was hard to judge what that was going to be. And the Raiders, I guess, fall into that category mm-hmm. as well. Oh, they got shut um, out, uh, which I still can't believe I lost money. Their card didn't even cross out. midfield. Like, <laughs> that's going to be the last memory we have. Yeah. Yeah, it, they, they look weird. It's really confusing mm-hmm. as to what's going on over there. But I think Green Bay, for sure. I think enough people, and look, I'm not an expert. I don't, I don't you know. I only listen to a bunch of different podcasts <laughs> where other people talk about this stuff. But preseason, you know, it seemed like a lot of people were on Green mm-hmm. Bay and they were saying the defense and maybe Devontae had like these young receivers and blah, blah, blah. And so I think they've been surprising because I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. Like, I don't see the upside. I don't see like, I don't know, you look at the beginning of the NBA season and, you know, Philly ha- didn't win their first couple games and everybody's like, ooh, are they? you're like, no, they'll figure it out. That team's good. They're just having a slow start. With Green Bay, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't see the turnaround happening. Yeah. And I saw recently, like, like whatever the their rest of their schedule is brutal. Yeah, they got to go like yes. into Buffalo and the Vikings are running away. But Olivia knows this well. It's brutal. Olivia, how do you feel? Do you, is that your bet? What, is that your The vote? biggest bust? Well, I'm trying yeah. to do the math on all of these, and I'm realizing I'm really bad at math. I'm like, what's the biggest <laughs> differential? <laughs> the Raiders had the them. biggest differential in okay. odds. Thank you. But the Packers were favored to begin the yes. season to win the division, and now are, you know, pretty heavy underdogs. And it's tough to say Broncos after they just won on this side of the pond. I guess Ugh. I got to think, Ugh. and again, we're sticking with storylines because we're all three suckers for that. I, I guess. Right. I'm thinking more Tom Brady because not only is his team losing, his marriage has lost and crumbled, and <laughs> there's been true. that's just been a, a bust it's all in been every a shot. sense. Yeah. So, yeah. and they were the favorite to win the NFC South at minus two seventy five, and now the freaking Atlanta Falcons are ahead of them. Like that is a bust, my friend. I'm with you. For me, I, it's hard. I, I say the Raiders because I'm so sour. I lost money on them getting shut out. I, I had them in the teaser plus nine, and they got shut out. So, but yeah, I, I I think it has to be the Packers. The Broncos. I just don't want to talk about Russell Wilson anymore. You're so he had the over. nerve to say let's ride after winning. Like that's a thing in the, in Denver. It's not a thing. It's never been a thing. No one wants it. They don't want it. We've given it back. We won't accept. We we don't accept this gift of let's ride. We give it back. You're not uh, a Bronco fan. You don't get to speak on their behalf. 
I, I absolutely, well, no, but I'm just saying. <laughs> what, you're like, I've been to Denver band. once. <laughs> Great all right, now. this is going to be our last one because this one is the most storyline driven. It's all storyline. It's all sports writer driven. It's all opinion based for the most part because it's hard to quantify the stats. Comeback player of the year, okay? And this is a real fun one. Saquon, riddled with injuries, awful injury now, is back as a force as a running back. Geno Smith, mm. who was almost like not almost out of the NFL, never thought he'd <coughs> play again, and now he's he's getting MVP talk, which is insane. Christian McCaffrey, uh, who look, I a lot of injuries too. I don't really see how he has come back from much. I don't know. And then Derrick Henry quietly last year, big injury, and he's been a monster this year, and like no one gives them any love or whatever. So Saquon, Geno, C Mac, Derrick Henry, Max, we'll start with you. First half of the year, who's your comeback player? I was listening to Simmons' podcast the other day, and he said they should rename the award the Geno Smith Very Award. Very true. Or give him his own <laughs> yeah, award. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. It's the coolest thing ever. I mean, look, Saquon, I understand the coming back. There should be, like, comeback from injury award. And comeback from And play. then, yeah, yeah. But, like, Saquon is it potentially was the greatest running back we ever saw. And then it's just been riddled with injury. And now we're seeing what we thought we were going to see when he was healthy. The Geno Smith thing, it this never happens. Rarely. Rarely. Like there are guys that have good seasons, but they're really like just, and not that Geno's in a bad situation, but Russell Wilson was in the same situation last year. With healthier weapons. And the, and the, year, and the year before that. And you're like, Geno Smith is just making this team come alive. He he looks incredible. He's throwing he's throwing the deep ball in a way that you're like, he's just dropping. I mean, was, did you see the game? The other I day? did. Unfortunately, he, like you know, he was, threw that deep ball to Ty Lockett. Yeah, who dropped it, <laughs> yeah. and it was like in his bread basket. Perfect. And then he and then Geno's on the sideline. He's talking to Tyler, who you could see is so upset. And Geno's like, "We got this, man. It's good. Don't worry about it." And then like. I don't know, a quarter later, throws the same pass. <laughs> Tyler ca catches it, and he's like, see, man, it's cool. Man. <sighs> this guy's unbelievable. Well, I will say, Geno Smith is plus odds right now. He's plus 260 yep. or 270. So this might, But this might be the last time you can get Geno in plus money. He may slip into minus money as the favorite if he continues on this path. And everyone knows, listening, I have my Seahawks plus almost 1,600 to win the division. I made that bet before the year, Max. No one's giving me my credit for that except Olivia. Olivia's the only one that actually knows this happened. And I'm his hype girl. Credit. And we're going to keep the clip of it and play it at the end of the season because... And, and Can't wait. What are you, you going to win? What's at stake? What, what were the I, odds? I, and you got? Plus, uh, plus 15, 55, basically. Yeah, 100 wins you 1,500 and something dollars. Hell yeah. You can buy your plane ticket to London. Now, that, um, that'll only get you an economy <laughs> ticket, I'm afraid. But <laughs> you can get over yes. here for uh, our, our meeting with Peter Andrew. I uh, know. Yeah. I like now, that one. <laughs> Max, I want to wrap up with something because uh, two things, really. One, you know, I've played in some of like, you know, the celebrity basketball games and you've run like triathlons and stuff. You're a super fit dude. You early on CrossFit. I always try to like tell Thank people you. like I would name you if I didn't know you so well. Like who's like what actor you don't know is like a sneaky good athlete, right? I, you would if, if I didn't know you well and I only like participated in a a softball game about like Greenfield's a good athlete. Uh, for me, it was Joel McHale. Uh, I played in a basketball game and the dude's enormous. Mm. He's like six, four. He's got like huge arms. He could like jump. Then you see he played football for the university of Washington on like the scout team. I think he got a champion, like crazy. 
So in all your athletic moments and working out and stuff like that, is there anyone you've come across that you're like, whoa, this sneaky good athlete? Well, you know, we, Jerry and I, Olivia, Jerry and I did a show a long time ago where we, it was a fantasy football show where we'd run around and we would interview um, NFL players <laughs> as a part of the show. And we'd do these goofy things with them. And sometimes I'd make the players run the 40 yard dash. Okay. <laughs> like I ran it with Eric Berry. Oh. And, um, and like, I don't think I'm slow, but I know that I'm not on the level of these guys. It was so shocking to see how much faster Eric <laughs> was than I was, where I was like, this is, this almost doesn't feel real. Very humbling. So having talked to all those guys, you have to differentiate athletic and athlete. Like, mm. I think I'm athletic, but am I an athlete? There's, I mean, there's, it's not even close. And so I think there are probably a, a large handful of actors who are athletic as am I, but are there a few that are like real athletes? I think, I mean, you're one of your co-stars, Omari. Oh, Omari Hardwick. Yeah. Omari played for the Chargers. Yeah. And he, he played, played for Georgia for your Bulldogs. He Olivia. played, he played safety at Georgia and then. He played for the Chargers for like an off, maybe an off season, and then he was like, "I'm out of here," and then started acting. But like Omari's a real, yeah. a real athlete. Joel's a big dude, and and if you play for the University of Washington, you're like, you're an athlete. I'm trying to think who else, but I, again, I think there's like a lot of guys that are athletic. There are very, very few real athletes. I'm always, I always, I always like these guys. Like in in interviews, like, well, you know, I played, I was real, I was a real ball player, and you're like, were you? I'm sure Mike Trout is listening to the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You brought it full circle is by that bringing a, Mike Trout back up. That's right. I, but that's what I do. Call back. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I got to just witness just the best bromance listening to you guys go back and forth. And I love the story about you holding hands during a football game. That one's really going to stick with me. We held hands while Lawrence Tynes, who was 0 for 3 in game-winning <laughs> attempts, had his fourth. This was the game that Tom Coughlin's cheeks froze shut and they were bright red. <laughs> All right, last thing, and then we'll let you go. So unfortunately, and this happens to all actors, Max, we are now in this category where I don't think we can play athletes anymore. I don't know if we're getting an offer. Like, hey, Max, want to play like the point guard? And, and it's over. We're in coach territory. We're playing coaches or assistant <laughs> trainer. Like, that's just where we are. When Vince Carter retired and we officially became older than every NBA player, we segued into that part of our career. So. In, in that spirit of all the great either coaches or trainer roles or all those great things we've seen in all the movies we love, mm. and Olivia, you could also cast Max in one of these if one pops out to you. Is there a coach or trainer role in all our favorite sports movies that you would say? Oh, wait. So, wait, are these, these are roles that other people have played? Yeah, mm -hmm. let's, like, which one would you, like, I'll give you some, like, you have Al Pacino, Any Given Sunday. You have Tom Hanks, League oh, of Their shit. Own. Okay. You have uh, Coach Eric Taylor or Billy Bob Thornton in Friday Night Lights. You know, there's a million of those. You could even go like Carl Weathers, Happy Gilmore. Let's leave Coach Eric Taylor right where he is. I, I, I kind of, I don't want to mess. You like with Eric that Taylor? One. Oh, I like Eric Taylor. That's the one I would have picked Max <laughs> for. I feel like Max would have been a good, clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Oh no way! It would have been terrible. Are you going more no comedic? I would have. I would have. I would have galvanized. No Jerry, one. Are you about last week you said uh, those kids, those crush. high school kids, those kids would have been like, what is it? Uh, 
who's the tough one? Who's like the one from like the you know, booby? What's his name? You talking about uh, the whatever. movie or they the all... show? Yeah, different. Oh, is it different? I different. never saw the show. I hear oh, it's great, show. but but the, whatever it was, you galvanized the Garrett Headland. Garrett Headland's character. Would oh, have that's like, the movie version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would have been like, "I'm gonna fight this. I'm gonna fight Coach. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. fight. Right, then you could, and he'd be you right. could go just sport. <laughs> what sport would you want to like? I want to be in a in this movie playing this kind of role. Being that we can't uh, be players endur- anymore. Endurance, endurance sports. You can do some triathlon and, you know, thing. Come on, man. I, you know, I like, like Iron Man stuff. Ugh. Wrestling. If there was a wrestling movie. Um, I don't know. I, I, You're melting down. You're melting down on the I podcast wouldn't buy it. right I now. I wouldn't buy it. There, is there like an agent? Is there a sports <laughs> agent? Or you know, like Albert Brooks and the Muse. Albert Brooks. Oh, come on. That man. makes what sense to me. What about Brad Pitt and Moneyball? Yeah, I would. Hey. <laughs> Olivia, cast your Brad Pitt and Moneyball just now. <laughs> well, let's have it. a realistic Max, conversation. Take it. Yeah, take it. yeah. My, let's 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 put uh, put a grand on Michael Parsons for uh, MVP too. I uh, oh, I do remember that there was Albert Brooks when he's when he's like he like bets everything yes. on Michael Rappaport yes. being being the guy. Yes, and it's his first game, and he won't come out of the, the bathroom. And Michael Rapport's going, I need the Lord. I need the Lord. <laughs> I did not pick that of all those amazing roles that I thought you would have picked. But yeah, unfortunately, we're in we're in coach territory. We How no about longer Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire. Joe, Jerry Maguire, you'd be a good Jerry Maguire. You would have killed that. Yeah, sure. I, you know what? I'll do the Jerry Maguire TV show. Okay. <laughs> Coming to you now. When Disney's like, we're gonna do it. We're gonna <laughs> Disney Plus Jerry Maguire. Like, who should we get? Well, a couple guys will pass, and then uh, they'll be like, what about the guy from New Girl? And I'll, be, and I'll be there, and I'll be standing there waiting and being like this. Listen, I just lost a shitload of money on the Michael Part and this Michael Parsons. I'll do it. Um, Give me the gig. I'm in. Yeah. I'm and in. Jerry will be standing there holding your hand. I'm going to vie for the Jay Moore role of uh, Sugar, Bob Sugar or something like oh that. Oh, my God. We crushed. We crushed. We crushed Buddy, this. cannot thank you enough. Everyone, you can follow Max. I am Greenfield on all platforms. You are the man, buddy. I hope you come back as the season. And we got to get into the woods with NBA, too, down the road. Mm-hmm. I'd like to establish myself as a reoccurring guest. Friend of the, the show. show. <laughs> friend of the show. Olivia, is he friend of the show? Max He Greenfield? is now. Can you do that? Can 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 I establish my own self as a <laughs> yes, yes, you yeah. can. And that's how you do it. Nobody will talk to me about this stuff at home. <laughs> I'll honestly try to have the conversations with my 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 twelve year old daughter about this. Like, hey, you know, I don't know if you're uh, you're following me. So like I mean basically Micah is like caring. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I don't I don't think you know how rare this oh, is. Like, what you're watching history. Watching. She says, Will, Give me my headphones history. back. <laughs> Give me my headphones back. She's yeah. like, I Joan oh. is 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 he on the Demelia? Oh like she just come on! <laughs> oh God! Oh Max, thank you. This was a lot of fun. You, we we officially invite you as a recurring guest, which we don't give out very liberally. <laughs> I came and I did, and I kind of see. Look, the, what were the odds on me could be becoming a, a recurring guest? What, what's the you were you were you were like plus, plus two plus two hundred coming in, so uh, a little bit of an underdog, <laughs> but you pulled it through. Thank you, buddy. Sweet. Thank you. I love you guys. All right, it's time for one of my favorite parts of the show because we get to talk about wagering. We got to bring in our guy, 
Peter Andrew, MGM betting analyst, also teaser winner with a nice backdoor touchdown from the Jets. Ooh. Peter Andrew gets on the board going into week nine. How you doing, Pete? Feel better now. I couldn't stand giving the uh, the customers another losing week. So we're up a couple of units. We're we're moving in the right direction, like you said. So uh, yeah, looking forward to this week. Teaser Central. Yeah, so I'm going to let you choose where you want to kind of start here because the, the Thursday night game coming up, uh, this is a doozy. It's a, it's a real bond burner. So you, I, and I know you have our you know, great one-game parlays. I don't know if you want to start there if you want to get to your Sunday because making this Thursday's game watchable is, is really what the parlay is here. Yeah, so first off, the irony that the fact it's Philly versus Houston when obviously we're in the midst of the World Series crazy that's God speaking to us. Uh, we'll start there. I really like this one. I know we, you and I lots of times agree on these are hopefully good same game parlays, one game parlays. I really like this one. I've gone, so this is plus 2,500, one unit. So we're looking at $260 payout. That's going to get everybody back to even for the last couple of weeks. So both teams traditionally are having trouble defending the run. So I've kind of gone in that direction. Start with the Houston Texans. Damian Pierce looks like he's probably going to be the focal part of, of their offense. They're fielding calls today. Today's the deadline. We're recording on Tuesday. Brandon Cooks might be out. So I love Damian Pierce. Uh, score a touchdown. And then I've gone a little under their average of what they're scoring per game in terms of rushing yards. So uh, 69 and a half rushing yards for him. On the opposite side of the ball, looking at Miles Sanders, anytime touchdown, and then looking at him over 74 and a half. So again, little bit of buffer between that average amount of yardage they're seeing from a rushing perspective each game. I love both of those players to dominate the offense on Thursday. I think you're going to see a little bit less A.J. Brown, not necessarily three touchdowns again. Mm. With all that said, I know we disagree on this last part, but Eagles minus 13 and a half. I just I've seen no flaws in their game. They look excellent. I'm just riding that wave. But you think a little bit differently, possibly on that last leg. I, you know, I said it in our in, when Olivia and I did like our preseason look-ins the texans always have one shocking win per year um i look this is a tall order but to make this game watchable yes i'm fading you on that part like i i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just gonna put a small amount of money on texans money line and texans plus the 13 and a half knowing that i'm probably burning it but i wouldn't be surprised and i do think there's some weird houston philly vibes here that's just weird that never happens so that might be uh, pointing in the direction of an upset, but you are on the smarter, or more reliable side of things because the Eagles look unstoppable. I don't think they're going to go 17-0, and 0, though. Let's see if the Texans have a foreign substance like another Houston team has in their uh, <laughs> playoff games. So. But there's one intriguing part to this week, and everybody always just wants to fade the teams that are giving everything away at the deadline. But it almost sometimes, and this goes against one of my other picks, which is coming up, but those teams fight a little bit harder because they know they're going through a rebuild or they just gave away the farm or they just gave away a big player. So sometimes it does give them the little extra push. So we'll see how that turns out. Houston as a whole, I agree with you. They have the opportunity to pull out one of these games. They're not an awful team by any means, but it's going to be really, really interesting to see. Peter, you got back on the board last week in a big way with the teaser. Do you have another teaser for us today? I indeed have another teaser. And this is a tough board this week, but these three I really, really like. So I'm going to start with probably not the best game of the week. Commanders at home against the Vikings. I was going back and forth on this. I was thinking about teasing up the points to nine and a half. 
I actually ended up taking the under. So under 49 and a half in that game, two out of the last eight games that the commanders have played, they've gone over the 48 point mark. They just can't score. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback, Heineke, Wentz, they cannot score points. I think they could actually sweep this game out, that three and a half hook. I don't know what it is. It's something fishy about it. So I think they could squeak that out against the Vikings, who have been playing excellent football. So seems and have TJ Hawkinson now. Uh, now have TJ Hawkinson they have, they have their tight. They look like they're shoring up their, their In division. positions. Yeah. yeah sorry, so Olivia. Looks bad. Irv, uh, Irv Smith out now for quite a bit. So acquire Hawkinson for a second, third, fourth, and fifth. So really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stayed away from that. So I took the under 49 and a half. Like it? Okay, what um, else? Next up. Bills minus six and a half. I've teased that down against the Jets at MetLife. Bills are firing. I just, uh, based off what I saw for Zach Wilson against a middle of the pack Pats defense relative to what's going to happen this week with that Bills defense, I think they are going to get absolutely steamrolled. Yeah. So I've teased it down seven points. A, a touchdown seems very, very likely. I think if Zach Wilson does anything he did last week, they're losing by 30 points. So taking it on the safe side there. Bills minus six and a half. And then last, this is one that I think Titans can win outright here. Titans are the hottest team in the NFL right now. They started off 0-2. Everybody, including myself, freaked out. Mm-hmm. They've won five in a row now. So Titans teased up to plus 19 and a half at Kansas City. Obviously tall order here, but almost a three touchdown buffer there. Mm-hmm. I really like my chances. And I think they established a run with Henry, who looked really good last week. Yeah, I think they control the pace of the game. At worst, it becomes a seven to ten point game. So you're you're buffering in quite a bit of points there. Um, so all that five units to win one thirty. Again, a nice payday. That would put us again into the green. Just hitting. We're in the green. The no, yeah. I'm I'm on you on that teaser because I lost my first teaser courtesy of uh, the Raiders last week, which was Oof. awful. You got four units left, so I'm interested to see how you're going to spread this one out. What do you got on your 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 last four units? So I put this together right before some breaking news of Chase Claypool traded to the Bears, second round pick. I've got still the Dolphins minus five at Chicago, a team who just traded Rokon Smith. Yeah, Their defense is in shambles. I think from a passing passing defense perspective, I think they're bottom three or bottom four in the league. And then you have the Dolphins with just all their weapons. I think it's going to be a tough time trying to get to Tua, tough time trying to get some pressure on the quarterback. So I think he spreads the ball around fairly nicely. They win by somewhere around 10 points. So that's four units, normal minus 110. In total, you win about $76 there. So weird lines this week, but feel mm-hmm. really good about it. I think we're, we're on to something here. I'm with you, and um, I'm definitely going to follow that, that one-game parlay. Uh, I'm going to do that one, but then also I'm going to do that exact one with the I'm going to do the, uh, the Texans, Texans side just line. as well, just as make it more lottery ticket. I, you, I, I encourage all the listeners like follow Pete on that. I'm going like lotto ticket money, Powerball situation. Uh, cause I actually think the Texans have a fighting chance at making some noise, but, uh, that's a good, that's a good board, Pete. It's a good ticket. I want ticket. you, I want you to build that one out, Jerry, cause I want to know what the odds are with that, with everything, but just plus eight switch million. Out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. All the Pete's picks except like Texans money line. That would be one of the greatest parlays of all time. Oh, yeah. We'll never hit. Pete, thank you as always. <laughs> oh, uh, good awesome. luck this weekend. I think I, this is, uh, you're bad. He's, he's on the board, mm-hmm. folks. Peter Andrews mm-hmm. about to get hot. Thank you. Back, baby. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Pete.
All right, Olivia, that's another one in the books. The football season's flying by, heading into week nine, and Hoops is here. Uh, we're we're going to hit those Thanksgiving games real soon, but good show today. That was a good one. I know. I love signing off on October like that, like a very clean exit. I mean, Halloween was so fun. I loved... Don't By the way, don't you love that the Halloween Monday night game was like orange and black all over? Like, that was... Did the NFL do that on purpose? That was too good. Once again, just like my Unleashed, it happened in Cleveland. So yeah. I'm just Cleveland's just in my in my face all the time. Uh, how was your Halloween though? But before oh. we go, that this was like your first with your with your son, right? First one as a parent, yes. And I yeah. really wanted to nail the like family costume. And it's hard. We all did like a London based thing. So my husband was Big Ben, and I just made him a ta- name tag that said Ben because he's six nines. So that kind of took part of. <laughs> took care of the other part. I was ginger spice because I can't resist a wig moment. And then, yeah, our little baby Wolfie, he was a lion because Sam's team is the London lions, but your family like went all out on the family costume. Jeez. How was your thing? How was yeah, your I, I, I said, I started out by saying like, I'm not going to do a costume. Then I it would agree on one. We did do a great family costume. We were the Griswolds from Christmas vacation. So good. Her dad was Uncle Eddie in a robe. He has an RV and he pulled the RV. It, it was great. The standout of the weekend, though, really was like the Monday night trick-or-treating, right? Because yeah. now we have almost an almost four-year-old who's super into it. And, you know, we, we didn't get home till like 9 o'clock. By the time he got to sleep, it was like 10.30. And the thing with his school, because he's still so young, you could bring your kid in late if, like, you're running behind because it's impossible for parents to get out the door sometimes. So I went in his room. He has to be in school by 845. I went in his room at like 815 because they were, and my wife was in there and he was still asleep. She's like, just let him sleep. We'll yeah. bring him in late. So he wakes up at like 930. He has a little bit of toast. We rush him into school. And I'm like, oh, great. We're, we're, the, we're the parents who are bringing their kid in like an hour and a half the late. The day this after is nuts. Halloween. And you have to bring him in through the front door at that point and be buzzed in. So we're buzzed in and we get into like the lobby area of the school, like nine other kids who were also an hour and a half late. Of and I had course. the instant, yeah, like the instant flashback of like being in Vegas as like a 21 year old catching that like Southwest flight home on a Sunday morning at <laughs> nine and looking around and all the other 21 year olds are like hung over and broke and just looking terrible. Like all the kids looked completely wrecked yeah. <laughs> at nine 30 in the morning post Halloween. So, uh, oh. that was the standout. And I'm, I bet I'm, the parents looked wrecked. Parents are right. No, the kids looked rough. Yeah. The kids looked rough. They looked, they, they looked like they were coming off all that sugar. They looked, they looked rough. But I'm glad Halloween's over. Goodbye, oh, yeah. October. Yep. We're, now we get to look forward to Thanksgiving. And we actually have like a great Thanksgiving Day slate of games. And my birthday sure is do. the day after Thanksgiving. Hell yeah. So it'll yeah, be a good you one. That. Oh, we got to do something fun for your birthday. But that yes. was a great episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure to check out any of our full interviews. They're on YouTube. So that's really cool that they're all up there. You can see KG, Andre Reed. We've got everything right there. And follow BetMGM on all social media. Have a good week. Take care. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. 